Hello and welcome to Film Feuds. Happy 2016. We're back and we've got a great episode to start with. Since the heat flow is in cinemas now, we're going to do Best Tarantino Movie. Check us out on Podomatic. Follow us at Twitter at Film Feud Podcast or on Facebook at Film Feuds. Now, if you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and also give us a good rating. Please do that. It means a lot to me if you do. My name is Cesar Kaiser. You can follow me at IMCJob both on Facebook and Twitter under the same handle. And if you've got any questions coming up for Film Feuds, any topics you want to hear, or any questions that fit with future topics, tweet them to us. Facebook us. If we use it, we'll give you a free poster. All right, this is a long episode, so let's just get straight into it. Best Tarantino flick. Film Feuds. I'm CJ Kaiser. You're listening to the Film Feud Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Film Feud Podcast or on Facebook at Film Feuds. You can follow me on Twitter or Facebook under the same handle at I Am Seizure. And Happy New Year to everyone. This is our first episode back and uh, no one seems to notice because uh, my downloads haven't gone up or down. So <laughs> uh, we've got a great episode to start off uh, the new year with uh, since Hateful Eight has just come out in Australia. I know it's come out earlier in America, but you know, we get everything late. So we're doing Best Tarantino Film and it's going to be a fun episode. I've got two brand new guests and one repeating customer, just like uh, Tarantino would <laughs> have someone come back <laughs> in these other films. All right. Uh, so we'll start off with, uh, you've heard him on the podcast before. He's on the Comedy in the Edge podcast, Ryan Crawford. How you doing? I'm really good, mate. How are you? I'm doing well. And you can find him on Twitter at Ryan D. Crawford. That's the one. Which movie did you pick? Best Tarantino Film. I picked Pulp Fiction. Had to be. Quick synopsis for those who don't know. Bit of a sprawling crime drama um, in Tarantino style. There's several stories going, of course, but basically it's about um, people in LA um, shooting each other and saying cool shit. That's basically <laughs> it's it. pretty much it. Pretty yeah, much it, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, why'd you pick Pulp Fiction? Is there anything relevance to you? Yeah, I mean, I do remember seeing it in the cinema. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and since then, I think he sort of had dips in form. Um, he certainly came back to form with other movies, but um, it's always been the best for me and the most iconic. I mean, it's it's a cultural, uh, it's a cultural touchstone, really. I mean, everybody remembers lines from Pulp Fiction, even if they haven't seen it. True, true that. Mm. All right, next up we got Alexi Topilalis. Jesus, I never know you how to produce my fucking comedy festival yeah. shows. <laughs> you don't even know my name. I know, <laughs> how, I know how to spell it. I can't say it. Toliopolis. Toliopolis. That's not that. That's actually not that hard. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah. The one that I've you said was far harder. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but okay, I won't make fun of you for that. You've caught me out, but. Uh, Thanks. You can also see him on the Your Mom Battle DVDs. It's there. And yeah. I just screw it up there. Great. Uh, <laughs> I believe I lose in that DVD. That's why you're going to get an extra point. Shut up. Don't tell the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find him at This Is Alexi on Twitter. Now, which movie did you pick? Um, I chose Inglorious Bastards. And a quick synopsis? Basically, this is a series of just vignettes in World War II in a fictional version of World War II. Nice. And why'd you pick that one? Uh, it's the first Tarantino film that I saw in the cinema. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember at the time it really just electrified me. I thought it... At the time I was like, this is his best film. I think this is his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how the movie ends. He says it himself, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> hard to argue with his own opinion. <laughs> this is my masterpiece. And finally... Oh, uh, wait. Before we get on, you have a podcast. Uh, yeah. The Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Yep. And you also do a thing, if you follow him on Twitter, he's tried reviewing a, a movie a day for a whole year. Yeah, I've kind of laid off that a little bit more now. Oh, now yeah. I'll just do shout-outs to movies I think are awesome, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I can't wait to see that book version. Uh, shout-outs to movies I like. Yeah, that's my style. I'm the bad bastards. boy of film yeah. criticism. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Luke Cray. And you can find him at This Shit Cray on Twitter. Which movie did you pick? 
I picked Django Unchained. Django Unchained's the story of a slave in the South uh, who is freed by a German bounty hunter slash dentist. Uh, he then takes him on a journey to... Uh, he, he becomes a bounty hunter himself, and they go on this sort of path of revenge to free Django's uh, wife from a rather maniacal slave owner, plantation owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, why'd you pick it? I picked it because I am a really like desperate Western fan. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the genre, and it is so magnificently violent and sort of confronting. And you got a podcast as well? I do. Schwarzenegger Sundays will be launching uh, in February this year. So what, what's it about? Uh, basically, I get uh, friends of mine, comedians, uh, filmmakers, and we essentially discuss one at a time the, the works of Sir Schwarzenegger. Another this is a great yeah. idea for podcast, right? <laughs> because like people underestimate him so much, yeah. Because he's been in probably, I would say, seventy percent great movies, and I even even the one, far. I would say most of his movies are like, pretty good. Even if the one, even the ones that aren't great are so lovable, yeah, exactly. And I am desperate for him to be in a Tarantino movie. I really am. Mm. I think that would be a perfect combination. Well, he's only got two more movies left. That's right. Yeah. You know, you got to wait for his career to die and then Tarantino will bring him back. Which won't happen. Which <laughs> yeah. won't happen. You can't happen, really. Yeah. Great episode to start off with. And we got eight questions. The contestants don't know what the questions are. They have to make an argument for each question. Whoever gets the most points at the end wins a golden handshake. Is that where you piss on your hands and then shake? We've done that, <laughs> we've done that joke every episode. Every episode. Okay. And I'm still keeping that in. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Consistency. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so original. Yeah. <laughs> The show is spoiler-filled, so if you haven't watched the movies, I recommend stop, watch the movies, waste nine hours of your life, come back, and uh, be like, well, why don't I listen to this podcast? I've seen the movies. But we watch the movies, so you don't have to. All right, so we've got eight questions, and in Tarantino style, we're going to go out of order. So I'll let Ryan pick a number between one and eight. And don't pick one, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So between two and eight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, after one, come yeah, uh, I'll pick five. Five. All right. First question on the board. Mm. Question five. Which movie had the best cast? Oh. That's hard. Yep. Isn't it often they're the same. Is this? <laughs> I will. I, I will. I will have to say, Pulp Fiction had a pretty wide-ranging cast. There was loads of good actors and and actresses in Pulp Fiction, and a lot of them sort of made repeat performances in the movies that you guys have selected as That's well, true. or other Tarantino films. I mean, it had Bruce Willis. It launched Samuel L. Jackson's career. It launched, uh, relaunched Travolta's. It was um, pretty full on. Uh, who else did it have? It had uh, I'm forgetting Uma, Uma Thurman, Bruce yeah. Willis, uh, Vin 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 Rames, Vin Rames, Vin Hillbilly Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, pretty. Unbuild Kathy Griffin. Yeah, I mean he he oh, has. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> he has amazing. Uh, he has amazing casts in all of his films, actually. But I'm going to say have to say Pulp Fiction just because. It was so kind of creative at the time. He was sort of breaking new ground, bringing back old stars and making them new again. I, I just got to mention, everyone forgets Eric Stoltz. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's always man. forgotten everything he Ar- does. And so his wife, true. Yeah, some yeah. credit. Yeah, yeah. His wife, was it Patricia Arquette? His, yeah. his yeah. wife in that movie as well. I was sorry, Pulp Fiction. Rosanna. Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pulp Fiction is probably like my favourite Harvey Keitel 
Ah, the wolf. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of the only movie he doesn't get a dick out in, which is <laughs> yeah. sort of a relief. <laughs> but it's not my favorite. <laughs> I almost, I almost feel like there was a deleted scene that I didn't get my money's yeah. worth in some regards. Yeah, no, there's just an end credit scene. Just if you wait to the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. there's five like cartoon. Just with it's like the end of Fight Club. It's yeah, one frame. Right. Yeah, that's right. You never see how he cleans up the mess. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man, Inglorious Bastards, best Tarantino cast ever. Not only do we see the birth of Christoph Waltz's film career, we see the birth of Michael Fassbender's Hollywood career as well. Two of probably the greatest actors working into oh, in Fassbender film right been now. around before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not really. Yeah, uh, first class. Yeah, yeah. First, first class. class. No, first class. No, 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 no. After, his first class oh, was after, after really? Glorious Bastards. Oh, okay. He was already Glorious Bastards though. same year as Fish Tank, which was his other big breakout yeah. role, and Hunger was the year before. So this is his first big Hollywood performance. Oh, they right, get him okay, into the mainstream, and you can't deny that those two are like two of the greatest acting talents working right now. Who That's true. Also, so probably Brad Pitt's finest performance since. I would say 12 Monkeys. Since World War Z. <laughs> yeah. what? Since no, 12 man, Monkeys. Come on, come I would on. say, I think he's fantastic in, um, in Inglourious Bastards. I think he's so amazing. So you're discounting Fight Club 7. I was going to say Metro Black, but even I thought that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's great in those movies too, but I think this is like he's pushing something out there right in this on. film. It's more of like a character actor performance, and I think that really suits him. I think kind of like it's with pit actors like Colin Farrell and Brad Pitt, yeah. they've got the looks of like a leading man, but they've got like that natural yeah. character actor ability where they can kind of slip into a role, do something a little bit different and not have to reach too far. Yeah. Also, yeah, Sam Levine in there. <laughs> <laughs> man, Sam Levine, Paul Rust, two of the funniest dudes around. Yeah. Lots of cool comedy actors just in small bit parts as well. And uh, Melanie Laurent as well, one of the biggest babes. Is first like that's her first big role. I think that would put her out into the world. Yep. And you gotta love babes. Mm. Yeah, you do. You, <laughs> you, do. do. Yeah. you have to. It's it's a prerequisite. I am gonna say obviously Django Unchained. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking really just with the pedigree of what you've got. You you've got post Inglorious Bastards, Christoph Waltz. Mm. Uh, you, you've got you've got you know uh, uh, Jamie Fox, obviously a legend. Uh, did he get the Oscar? Was he nominated for? Uh, um, I don't think he was nominated. For Christoph got the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he did. Uh, you got DiCaprio. You've got Sam Jackson doing one of the craziest performances he's done since coming to America. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you've got all this insanity going on, and it's and and then not to mention you've got Walton fucking Goggins. Mm. who comes in and he plays Walton Goggins, something none of us are tired of seeing. <laughs> and then just out of nowhere, you, you've just got... Everyone gets this really godlike treatment uh, just in, in the cinematography and stuff. So you really... The, I think it's the one movie he has where he celebrates his cast more than any other. Don Johnson? Don, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great... Hell, yes, doing, yeah. doing his... Um, Playing uh, Don Johnson, it was great. Is <laughs> Don Johnson, yeah, just with the Colonel Sanders up, really. Can I attack you first? Go. I watched Django Unchained yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I think the real one of the worst performances in a Tarantino film is in Django Unchained. It is 
Quentin Tarantino in Jacob's <laughs> <laughs> He is so bad and so jarring. He does an it. Aussie accent, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. No. He does. He tries to. He tries to. No, he here's the thing. To. Everyone complains about him doing the Australian accent, saying it's like it's a really bad Australian accent. The Australian accent is a horrible sound, and I'm saying that as somebody with it. Uh, sorry, I'm getting some screeching on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like And it's that- nowhere near as bad. He did a much better Australian accent. Than Meryl Streep. A dingo style, my baby. How dare you shit on Streep and Fred Shepseat, one of the (laughs) finest talents of this country. Oh my god, that one line just ruined ruined our reputation. It really did. I think it is like Quentin Tarantino, he doesn't shy away from like pulling you out of his movies and like being meta commentary, but. That actually pulls you completely out of the movie. Yeah. Takes any sense of like, what's that phrase? Where you, of thank you, thank you yeah, so yeah. much. Is that a, a point? I get a fart. point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a point. I want to mind. Just I have one of your in points. My private life. Thank you. Yeah, I think it really takes you out of the film. Totally, <laughs> it's just jarring. Really jarring. I get, I get that. But I think the the part in that scene that did throw me a little was the fact that John Jarrett put another Australian accent on top of his pre-existing Australian accent. Yeah, that is also like, true. He really, he really swings for the fences. Just going, yeah. oh shit, Roy, this guy could be worth a lot of money. But like, he doesn't, he does not sound like that. I've met him a couple of times, yeah. he does not sound like that. Oh all. man, that's so funny. But that is true. Like, that's two bad performances in one scene. I think it's because he wasn't Quentin Tarantino. He's not. He's too busy whereas being in, shit in a where, film. Whereas he's actually a, he's actually direct. a plus in my movie in Pulp Fiction. He has, he plays the role yeah, uh, okay. uh, where, he's, where he's, he's he gives a safe house kind of performance. Where he's um yeah they obviously with the dead body they show up and he like gives them shit for like being there at a yeah. bad time. And if they don't clean it up before his wife gets home, he's gonna have a divorce. It's very good. Don't tell me how good my coffee is, Jules. I know how fucking good it is. That's what it, it's, it's my good. wife buys shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's an additional point for me in terms of good cast. He actually does a good good job in my movie. i got to defend Alexi here, but like he did the best role in Inglourious Bastards was just his hands. That's all you needed. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, where where was he in that? Yeah, it was just when, when he, he choking, strangles. Um, is he, is he strangling Hitler? No. No, no. Bridget, <laughs> not Bridget Fonda. The, the, oh, the, um, uh, 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 Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I did not know that. That's oh. sort of the um, the Italian. His daughter's hot. Dario Gento. Uh-huh. His whole his thing. His daughter is hot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she is. Yeah. See, Good babe, for her. There is an importance for babes. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah his whole thing was uh, any time in his movies where someone died, apparently he did it. Yeah, Lou, you missed oh. it. As soon as I said babes, there is an importance. My girlfriend looked at me and gave me this look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would also say, I think the Tarantino cameo in Inglourious Bastards, he's really conscious that he doesn't want to break that fourth wall down that's why he kind of sneaks it in that really subtle way yeah because you know i never knew it yeah yeah he wants to fully immerse you in that film well you've got you've already got some pretty good cameos in that movie you've you've got Mm. sam jackson in the voiceover and stuff but yeah yeah i don't know i don't know it's tough one because he always has brilliant casts but like i like i said before i i have to make the point again about pulp fiction is that he was he was that was when he sort of trailblazed that method of having a bunch of established stars bringing some people back from uh, like relaunching their careers, introducing a new few, few new people. I think Pulp Fiction is the is the is the king for this particular question. For the cameo, I'm, I would I would concede to Pulp Fiction and say that, that just his performance as, <laughs> as yeah. that. I, you know, I, I, uh, I you know what agree. Ryan gets a point. Yeah, Get you next time, bitch. Yes, <laughs> Alexi, your choice number one, 
to ten. I've added two more questions. Oh my goodness! Just in case. Uh, that was ending. five that we did. Five has gone. Let's go back to start one. Reveal how you this motherf- all begun. All right. Yeah. Best cameo. Oh shit! Oh jeezy, yeah. Louisey. Wow. Which movie cameo. had the best cameo? It doesn't have to be Tarantino himself. I, like I to gotta say, Eli Roth as the bear Jew in Glorious Bastards. Uh, I would I say that's a cameo. He's, no. he's a character. He's a character. He's a full-on character. Well, then Paul Rust in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> no lines, but he is one of the coolest. No, I don't know. Then I don't know if there's something that you there would is one. consider a cameo. I can think of one really uh, obvious one. Oh my god, yeah, okay, this is the best. One of my favourite comedy actors of all time, my comedy hero, there Mike Myers, is yep. the greatest Quentin Tarantino cameo. It's such a good cameo, I forgot about it, because he really <laughs> just escapes into he this stole character. stole the movie! Yeah. And yeah. you see him steal the film. It takes him a this... second to realise it's him. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't even remember in my head, because he's got this amazing makeup on, and it just, seeing one of my comedy heroes deliver what is like a compelling short dramatic characterization is so cool not bad i think it's one of the coolest cameos i reckon i reckon i'm just gonna have to go with james remar Mm. in django because he plays two characters he turns Mm. up james remar aka dexter's dad he's in fuck he was in the warriors yeah the guy is the guy is a really like an unsung legend character actor hero. Yeah, absolutely yeah. like to the point where it is just oh it's just that guy he is that guy from the movies and he turns up right at the start gets shot in the stomach <laughs> um you know right at the end turns up as just this creepy dude with a curly mustache and a yeah, bowler's hat, bowler hat iron off Jamie Foxx in that bar and he just doesn't do butch i think the the character name is for that uh, and he just—he's just there, just really menacing, not saying a goddamn word for yeah. most of it. He never does anything, and you know he is a psycho. I reckon for me the best cameo was when uh, in the scene when Jules and Vincent Vega shoot the guy with the big Kahuna burger, mm. and then um, immediately after that, um, Jerry Seinfeld bursts from the bathroom and shoots them. <laughs> is that Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> It looks like him. I, th- I no, no, because no, I thought that was him when I first saw it, and I looked it up, and it's totally not him. No, it's not him. I know, <laughs> but still, I, I truly believed you in that moment. <laughs> what's the deal with this yeah. gun? It didn't hit these guys. Yeah, yeah uh, that's that's my choice. Jerry Seinfeld in Pulp Fiction. Who wasn't Pop, in Pop, it? Pop, 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 pops out of the bathroom and has a, shoots at them, and it's the it's an awesome moment. Think in the, of the beginning of the film. The beginning of the film. Okay, memory stretching now. Oh, right. Uh, I don't know if that's a cameo. Uh, that's, We're talking I, I Tim Roth and Tim Amanda Roth, yeah. Plummer. Uh, no, but I they're wouldn't like have. not really a cameo. They're like a framing device. Uh, well, who, was, uh, who was the one serving them uh, at the... Steve uh, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a good cameo, actually. He yeah. just shows up and... Actually, yeah, I didn't realise it was him for I'd choose that one. Yeah. No, yeah. Tim, Tim Roth is not a cameo because... Uh, that's, a, that's a full that's a full Seinfeld scene. isn't and a cameo because yeah. he's not yeah, in the movie let's stick with and the Seinfeld and, please and then, let's, uh, yeah. and then he's like and then so Tim Roth is later on he's it. like in the alright okay but, but, Steve but, but Steve Buscemi just turned up and said hi I'm buddy I'll be your waiter like the, the jaded waiter yeah. at the fucking yeah. Yeah, 50s yeah that was that was an awesome cameo just showed up shake. Yeah. Yeah. but also the cameo you picked I, I'm surprised you didn't go with Jonah Hill Jonah Hill was much more I just that's that's true he was very very funny I was just blown away by James Remar okay. as no, two that's characters that's a, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, cool. I don't know if I would call James Remar a cameo though because he's a character actor that's what he does he appears Stunt in little casting. movies 
as just like small little characters that have a few lines of dialogue yeah. that you kind of latch onto because he's such a compelling actor. But it's I don't know if I would classify that as a cameo. Ooh, I think it's fighting just, words. Ooh. I feel like it's him working. It's just him at work. That's that's true, but him, a cameo is going to be a moment, too. doesn't it? It's just going to be a moment in a because movie. one of those is a character, like the yeah. butch, the second character. Then the other one, the, the someone Schmeck, didn't show up to set, the Schmeckle <laughs> brother. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. he just happened to, to be around. But just yeah. having having him there as as two some in totally Tarantino people. Tarantino shoot. Somebody, think... somebody didn't pass morning foot inspection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone didn't fit into costume that <laughs> That's day. Right. They had to get the slender James Reamer. And it's James Reamer. So for all we know, he just happened to be on a horse. Yeah, right <laughs> in the middle of the night. I think also there's like other great cameos, like the original Django. That's like a pretty. That's, that's true. Like yeah, Definitely most people cameo. most people don't even like pick up on mm. because most people don't know the original yeah. Django, the little the subtlety of the I know how it's spelt. Yeah, exactly. It was like, bad motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watching yesterday, I was like, also, I was like, man, they could have totally cut this out, but if you film that, it'd be such a dog act to cut that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm it's already s- a two hour and 45 minutes. I will defend that James Remar is, is the best cameo twice in Django Unchained over you because mm. you didn't pick Samuel Jackson or Harvey Keitel. In, in Glorious Bastards. No, both of Mikey them, Myers, come on, how both can you of them argue? It's so exciting seeing wait, like, wait, this wait, guy. What, what cameos do they have? I don't remember this. Okay, when when um, Hugo Stieglitz, the, the, the guy they break out of prison, turns up, they do this sort of flashback to tell oh, us yeah. about that. Sam Jackson does the narration for that oh, scene. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the movie, when they're talking about, oh, we're going to offer the Jew Hunter, yeah. Hans um, Lander? Hans that Lander, that's yeah. it. And they're talking about, oh, yeah, he'll be given this parcel of land or, or what have you. The guy on the other end of the phone, that's the voice of Harvey Keitel. You can hear oh. his penis through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's tapping it on that little receiver. It was a, it was a phone Just, sex line. Yeah. It was Flapping around. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike Myers truly is like the greatest cameo. Like I, I wouldn't choose that. Anything else, Mike Myers is like because you don't see him doing much over the last like ten cameo. years. I didn't like that cameo yeah. in that movie because it was too goofy for that film. Like it sort of it sort of came out of nowhere. And again, I forget I forget the guy's name. Famous uh, back in the day, this Australian actor, fat guy, fat guy. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, that's his fat name. guy. Classic Winston Australian Churchill. comedy with Winston yeah. Churchill <laughs> doing like one line, yeah. just sitting it's in the background Mick of that scene. That's it's sick. It's Mick Malloy. That's <laughs> that's that Cracky is like. Jack. That's that's Oscar cameo work. That's yeah. champagne cameo just, work. But see, this is where, this is where, this is where Steve Buscemi just eclipses all of this, is that it's actually a proper cameo with a proper little role that fits into the scene. It makes sense. He comes in, he's a waiter, he's a jaded Hollywood waiter, and then he goes off and they don't get their food for ages. And, and uh, Vincent Vegas says... I feel like a oh, cameo is yeah. going to be a wink. There's yeah. no wink. It's just like... Oh, Steve Buscemi, come do us a little oh, favor. And it was hang totally. Out. That's, that's a also wink. kind of why I didn't pick. It was totally Jonah a wink. Hill because there's yeah. even there's literally a reveal. Yeah, that's true. Right, like that's, right, that's, I make, that's, I make yeah. my decision and I'm giving the point to Lou. I think Lou made the best argument. You know sorry. why? Because I'm right. That's why. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ryan. Because uh, you chose you chose it for him. He chose a working character. I chose I chose Jonah Hill for him. I didn't choose um. What's his face? Oh, you chose Mike Myers. That's right. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, I chose Mike Myers for him, but I don't think he made a great argument. Except I like Mike Myers. But the world likes Mike Myers. Austin Powers. Not anymore. Not after Love Guru. Love Guru. Yeah, that's true. Well, this was. And you didn't even know Bishemi. You you said side films. I did. Who did what did it? Yeah. Can I we get minus a point for Actually, Ryan, I, please? I, 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 I want Seinfeld. I want Seinfeld. would be better if at a certain point you just hear... All right, Lou, I've had another question. So you've got a choice from 1 to 11. Now, uh, actually, oh, 2 shit. to 11. 
So without five, right? Um, without five. Throw me a seven. Seven. Ooh. Ooh. Lucky number seven. Oh yeah. Josh Hartnett. Most Tarantino moment. Oh. Ah. I think the most Tarantino moment in, in Django has I think it's a tie for me. Uh right at the end when Jamie Foxx uh just pulls out that six and and just blows that chick away. The angle doesn't make any sense. But he shoots this woman yeah. at about a forty five <laughs> yeah. degree angle and she flies away at like an extra forty five <laughs> degrees. It's so ridiculous and it's just so him because of the context of seeing this is this really high stakes, there's a lot of pressure on and that just is so bizarre. And it, I think it's just glorious. Quickly followed by um, the use of just this crazy hip-hop mm. in the middle of it, just saying, I need a hundred black coffins for a hundred bad men. Uh, Rick Ross yeah, doing that. Just out of nowhere. And you think it's just an extra piece of music because it starts off with that full-on you know, spaghetti western kind of tone. And then these massive beats come in and Rick Ross comes out of nowhere. I think that's it for me. Um, well, I mean, I think if you say most Tarantino moment, you've got to dissect what he's known for. He's known for homages to like old style cinema, westerns, that sort of thing. And also just the, the snappy, crackly dialogue that he comes up with. It's brilliant. And, and Pulp Fiction has the best example of that. Uh, Vincent Vega and Jules in the car talking about what it was like in Paris. And he just goes on about Royale with cheese. And you know what they call a you know, quarter pounder in Paris? And you can have a beer in McDonald's and they put mayonnaise on your fries. Well, they got the metric like, system. Yeah, they got the metric system. Quarter pounder is. Yeah, I mean, it's just an amazing sort of dialogue scene. That's just, that is actually a cultural icon. I'm talking about the speakeasy scene, the basement scene with Michael Fassbender. Because that is, I think, it is what modern Tarantino is. Where he started, where he started evolving his style because it is basically just heavy dialogue. Everyone knows something that n- somebody else doesn't. Everyone's playing a different game in that scene. And it's just performances overlapping. It's when we start seeing not the s- filmmaker Quentin Tarantino, but the theatre practitioner Quentin Tarantino, which is kind of what he's moving into now, especially with The Hateful Eight. And so we're seeing what currently is the most Tarantino moment. Ooh, okay. big right. words. And I do like that scene. It goes like 12 minutes. It's oh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's just brilliant. Yeah. proves yeah. like he's the most Tarantino thing is compelling dialogue and engaging the audience. And that is just people talking until the very end when people die, which is in yeah, essence what Quentin Tarantino is. It's not bad. It's not more than a moment though. It's like a whole scene. It goes on yeah. for like 20 minutes or something that scene. Ooh. And, well, and yeah. Quentin Tarantino stretches moments. It's a moment <laughs> in time. A moment, yeah. It's a moment in history, in and 1940s. Which, and, 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 and here's the thing. Compete with the car scene on this one. What, what lines are memorable? What, what do you hear people saying in the streets? Oh, but if you're German, <laughs> yeah. do this hand signal. It's about the hand signals. Yeah. That's a moment. Yeah, nobody's quoting the hand that's signal. I don't know if a Tarantino moment. Mm. Like Modern Tarantino. Yeah, hand signals. Um, yeah, but the hand signals, nobody's quoting that. Unlike Vincent and, uh, and uh, no, Jules and, and Vince Vega in the car, people quote that all the time. Yeah, but people, make meme, people make memes out of it. Yeah, memes stink, and it's people that make memes that suck, and that's why it's a <laughs> shit moment, because it's degenerated our culture. <laughs> but it's, but it's We're like, talking about cinematic moments. But it's and iconic. The, the point is, is that it's iconic. What, and my scene is not iconic? 
It's no. an icon of modern cinema. But it's not a moment. It's not a moment. So that's why I'm going to rule you out. That's Alex. an iconic like, moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to rule you out, Alex. So you just take it with grace. I don't grace. think it's a moment, nor is it iconic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that is actually uncalled for. Yeah. I would argue that's uncalled Look, for. Look, had you that's said... That's uncouth. Had you said uh, Eli Roth screaming his head off, waving around a baseball bat, saying, the Fenway fucking... Part, like, doing the Boston mm. accent. Yeah, that's a moment. That's iconic. I would say... The oh, hand, no, jet, the hand signal wasn't in a trailer. Uh, that's oh, what goes okay. in the trailers is iconic moments I don't watch trailers so now it's back down to the dialogue yeah versus, versus the gunshot, the gunshot. I, I agree actually that it's that gunshot bit is is homage worthy that's like old mm. western you blow somebody away and they yeah. fly backwards sort of stuff but I still I still would say that that's kind of just a little it's it's a it's not so much a Tarantino moment it's it's definitely um, it's definitely interesting and it's funny it, it, it goes, it is, and it, and it qualifies as a moment. There's no doubt there. But um, but once again, I'm just going to fall back on the idea that you know, in terms of Tarant, like when Pulp Fiction came out and that scene just blew everybody away with its dialogue and, and, yeah. and the comedy, it's just, I mean, it it is the reason why, uh, it, it is one of the main reasons why he took off after that. Like it was so quotable and everybody loved it. That's That's a very good argument. But no one gets shot through the sternum. <laughs> uh, well, he does eventually. But, yeah. <laughs> Several times, yeah. I think uh, with can. Lou, with your scene, like that's a good point about like that is maybe the most bloody scene in all of Tarantino's yeah. films. A lot of people getting shot in the dick. Watching it yesterday, like actually freaked me. I was like, oh, this is so much blood. I forgot how bloody this scene yeah, was. Yeah. This is a Tarantino trademark. But also, you're right that it is like Pulp Fiction. Just that scene yeah. is what. People think of when you think it's of not even his, it's not even his most bloody scene. His bloodiest scene is definitely Kill Bill, the bride taking on all the crazy yeah. ideas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would or say, and actually, actually, in in your defense, yeah. I wouldn't even call that scene iconic because it's fucking definitive. Mm. Like you think Tarantino, you do think that. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would right. concede. I really would. All right, so I'm giving one of the points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just <laughs> basically <laughs> talking. Not really. It was no. Like, like, yeah. I'll d- I'll defend that moment, but yeah. you know, in the context of something that comes up you look up tarantino you're gonna see those two guys you see a shitty film school project it's that exact scene so it's pretty hard (laughs) i did that scene like four times in film school i'm not denying (laughs) lots of cameras already inside boots best line best line strudel oh best word one word strudel is that at the beginning when he's Asking for no. When is Strudel? Strudel's uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think you mean Strudel. Strudel. <laughs> Strudel. <laughs> my yeah. lack of Austrian accent. <laughs> I think because just that one word it conveys so much. It shows that you kind of get the feeling, or definitely get the feeling, that Hans knows more what's going on. He, you get the feeling that he is detecting a rat amongst the mice or whatever you yeah, call yeah. the Nazis. Not bad. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go with it's it's for me. It's got to be uh, Goggins line. I'm gonna go walking in the moonlight with you. Thought about you want to hold my hand. <laughs> Just and and then and again moment. that's that's when you know Goggins has a little chuckle and then uh, and then uh, Rick Ross kicks off. Hmm. Um, for me, it's got to be the, uh, in Pulp Fiction, the wolf, the wolf when he shows up to the house and he says he says. 
so I hear you have a head in a car. Uh, you have a you have a body, <laughs> a body in a car head. minus a head. Take me to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love that line. It just sums it up so well. It sums up the wolf's character and it sums up the situation. Mm. You, you know it's you know it's about to go down. Right. Brilliant, brilliant, funny line. It sets everything up. I'm gonna rule one out right now, and I'm ruling you out, Lou. Uh, it's good, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's just it, it's not memorable. I was honestly when you said when you said most memorable line, I'm just like, all right, I got to go through the entire movie real yeah. quick just so yeah. I don't end up dropping an end bomb, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were your chosen, I like the way you die, boy. Yeah, because I, I think that's oh, sums damn up it. the character. Sums no, up the that's whole thing. Yeah. Okay? In context, boy's bad too. Yeah, like, it's yeah. true. Yeah. It's true. But you can God, Burton, you're in a lot of trouble. I know in this I country. kind of sound like DMX, <laughs> but I'm not getting away with dropping end bombs, you know. Uh, so you're gonna help me with these two. Who? Which one are you leaning towards? You know what? I actually got to go with Strudel on That's that. That's what I was thinking. I'm going with Strudel Simply as well. because at, with with the wolf, every line he has is great. I, is great and I think I you, wouldn't have picked both picked... of you guys for wanky subtext type of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, no, I'm just, I'm just saying your one. he says it, it's just like, ooh, <laughs> chilling. And every time you say strudel, that's the first thing I think of. I don't yeah. think of pastries. I think of Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. So Alexa gets the point. Thank you. Yeah. Thank is, that, you. is that really... Weird tense moment of just seeing cream. Yeah, exactly. It's like somehow that's best dessert in a movie as well. That's coming up. I've got the the answer right back again. (laughs) It it got the Golden Globe for best use of pastry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Alexi's finally on the board. Uh, The score is uh, Ryan is on two, and you guys are on one. Mm -hmm. So let's pick up the game. Ryan, pick a number between one and eleven. Number ten. So ten. Best cinematography. Wow. Okay. Oh man, Inglorious Bastards definitely. Because he makes World War Two look like a gorgeous Sergio Leone spaghetti western. It's as beautiful as Once Upon a Time in the West, as beautiful as Once Upon a Time in America, two of the most gorgeous movies ever. And it is sick as fuck. Mm. So let me let me get this straight. You're gonna you're gonna make a comparison to Sergio Leone westerns when I'm arguing for Django Unchained. But this <laughs> is a subversion of that. This is a unique look at that. He uses in the classic Quentin Tarantino way. He uses visuals to tell subtext of a story of his references in a way that's not overt. That's a very good argument. You know your shit. Yeah, I'm the bad boy of Australian film criticism. <laughs> <laughs> not even that bad. Not even a boy. Yeah. Um, I actually am a boy. So. I will. I will give you this uh, uh, for Inglorious Bastards is that it's sort of the first movie Quentin did, and not to disparage any of mm. his earlier work, uh, it's the first one he did that really looked like a movie. It looked was cinematic. Done, it was really cinematic. It was artful. really warm and beautiful. Um, with Django for me, and, and I think I think this stands up closer for the Sergio Leone thing of going from these massive wide shots yeah. where you've got an entire wilderness or something going on, huge shot, to this really claustrophobic, really tight shot, and then back out, back in, and it's this really... It's, it's something that really immerses you in that world very, very deliberately. And then he also... Sort of the first time he starts messing around with things like uh, like symmetry, you see that yeah. the wagon coming down that road with the um, the the trees sort of. I would argue that Inglorious is first time he starts messing with symmetry and stuff. Like a lot of the wood scenes, play, the trees play a big role in where people are placed and stuff. It's also the monologue, Brad Pitt monologue scene that's all very symmetrical. That's true. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Pulp Fiction is a beautifully shot film. Um, 
but honestly, I couldn't be bothered arguing this. It's so like compared to these other two, right, so it was it was early it was early on in his career, and you know it's amazing. But there's no there's no none of that contrast. It's in both of those films actually. With Can the I wide put shots the bullet in, in his head? Yes, go ahead. I was <laughs> going to say it's not beautifully shot; it's competently shot. I, well, even though I didn't say that, yeah, <laughs> but it's great. I think it's bad boy great, of yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. bad boy of being a wanker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, so it, the cinematography it, it's not the strength of the film. All right, cool. Yeah. So I'm ruling you out. You're going to help me with these two. Yeah, um, I, I would say that Pulp's probably like the most sort of exciting looking that he's done. Even even over Kill Bill, I think like it's really kinetic and really. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll give one. you that. It's all it's all internal. Well, you know, all sort of internal. Uh, I mean, once again, I mean, I, I I disagree that it's competently shot. I think it's beautifully shot. Just yeah, like no, just like just like res- just, just, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just like Reservoir is, but but it's all. I mean, it's, it's restricted in terms of this competition by yeah. itself. Okay. So it's, it's yeah. constantly all internal. Right, so we, I think it um, it suits its style more. And I think it has wonderful movement, that camera. Yeah, yeah, that film. yeah. yeah. Um, right, right, I, back I, to you two, back to you two. Let's all right. Yep. Um, See, so I think I've got to agree with your point that you said about uh, Inglorious Bastards, that it is the first time Tarantino makes a gorgeous film. That's true. It, and it, I think Django goes back to his more kind of pulpy uh, slap, not slap together, but you know what I mean, like slap shot style where it's real energetic and stuff. Whereas I think the cinematography for Inglorious Bastards is maybe the highlight of the look of any of his films. Uh, I would even put up against Hateful Eight. I would say it's still better than Hateful Eight. I, I would disagree on the differentiation there. I mean, I think they're both really similar in terms of what you guys have been talking about, about the landscape, the contrast of the landscape versus those sort of claustrophobic moments. I mean, uh, Inglorious Bastards certainly has it in terms of, it's got it, parts of it look like Sound of Music, mm. and then other parts of it are really kind of stuck in that dungeon of, you know, Gritty, yeah, uh, set, almost soundstage. Yeah, and and Django has the same thing. These amazing kind of Western, like I look at it simply in the context of a timeline. Inglorious Bastards is a a really good looking flick, and he obviously learned a lot of lessons from that experience of making that one. And he developed as a filmmaker, and then he made Django Unchained, and it looked better. No, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I think if we're just talking purely aesthetics, I think. Inglorious is just absolutely stunning. Django, I love the look of it, but it's more playful. For me, and just kind of more, a little bit more fun, a little less like it's still richly detailed, but it's different. It's more fun and playful. I get, I get that. For me, yeah. simply that fifty minute, the the fifty frame per second shot of the dogs barking on that leash in Django, being held by the other cameo of uh, Tom Savini. Mm. Uh, just it's such this savage moment that mm. I remember seeing that in the trailer, going, "I need to know what's happening there" because that was yeah. just great. I think it's a Mate, great I, moment. I think but they're I really similar. I think beautiful. both are really similar. But if I had to yeah. give a tiebreaker on that one, I'd give it to Inglorious Bastards. Just on the on the basis of the contrast is more kind of telling. In uh, there's the visually, it's there's so it's like a feast. Django is a Western homage, and there's lots of great imagery, but it's just a Western. Whereas and Alexa gets the points. Yeah. Yes. I agree with what he said. I love Joe Grant Chamberlain. No, 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 no. It's so cool watching it yesterday. (laughs) I may look angry, but I'm okay. (laughs) Pick a number. Uh, Three. Coolest scene. Coolest scene. Yeah. Because we know Terrence knows all about the cool. So Mm, what's the coolest scene? Uh, I'm going to say the that Hitler gets fucking killed (laughs) which is kind of hard to beat like the world's greatest villain in real life gets completely destroyed does that mean I hate Jews is that what you're trying to say that's what I'm trying to say say. finally the underdog 
gets that bone that they've wanted their entire lives and it's really, really satisfying. Mm. Well then, uh, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I think coolest scene, once again, another iconic one, um, Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. When he's 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 mm, talking to the, he's talking to the <laughs> <laughs> a lot of anti semitism going on. Here. They, they've just they've just found their guy uh, that they're gonna that, that has what uh, Marcellus Wallace wants, and they just dominate the room. They've just and the coolest thing about that is the contrast. They've just been in the car, like being kind of jovial about what it was like in Paris, and you know just chatting away, and then they just get into character. They actually say that outside the door need to get into character and then they go in and they dominate the room and uh and and jules just completely scares the shit out of that guy he the, the actor in the chair is like looks like he's gonna shit his pants for real let's like, say so, it's so fucking awesome and then he says that bible quote and then which by the way i don't even think it's in the bible and then uh and then yeah and then they blast away it's uh, it's amazing all right, Blue, before you say uh, yep. the scene, please make us something that's religiously ambiguous <laughs> or something. That just make it, it'll be the perfect one. To well, do. look, I don't, I don't want to do anything anti-Semitic, so I'm going to make something, I'm just going to make an example that if you don't give me the point, you're just a flat-out racist <laughs> and it supports slavery. It's the chain gang slowly marching up on the other Schmeckle brothers being pinned over the, under the horse with that yes. shotgun. Walking a three-way um, yeah. uh, argument. This <laughs> is what I want. It's, it's a yeah. five-second moment. They walk up, and there's like, oh, please, fellas, I'll release it. There's that little begging for life, and it's just so cold and so perfect. It's, it's a heroic moment. You, you get to witness the start of these heroes that we don't get to see the rest of that when he just cocks that hammer back and this explosion, this mushroom cloud of blood just erupts from this guy's <laughs> chest. And that's it. That's the whole thing. It's, it's right there. I think for that, right. it sets the tone of that movie off immediately. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... Once you go black, you don't go back. That's all I'm <laughs> oh, oh, good point, good point. Um, Quentin Tarantino first, first kills all, Hitler all... in a movie. <laughs> he kills Hitler in a movie. Both... That's probably what he wants on his tombstone is, I'm the guy that killed Hitler. Yeah, yeah, but in this, in my example, they kill a slave driver, the original racist, both the those, best kind of racist. Both of those are revenge. Both, both of those, both of those are revenge porn, and they're, they're, both, they're both they're both revenge porn and incredibly satisfying. But how cool are they really? Like Jules walking around, strutting around that room, owning it, and like basically leading, the, reading the guy's last rites. In I it, in think so you know, made cool. up it's Bible. uber cool. <laughs> yeah. My problem with your choice is you didn't even choose the coolest moment that that speech is used in that film. I'm talking about the diner scene at the end where he repeats it, which is oh, such. It brings I thought it was so much shit more to say, weight. motherfucker. It's, yeah, it's, it's got more weight, so but it's weight yeah, to it. But that's why I chose weight it. Is that's cool. What, that's why I chose. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not cool. It's it's got weight. That's that's for sure. And it, and arguably a better scene. But in terms of cool, it was it was uh, it was amazing how they owned that room. How Jules owned the room with his voice. It was I got I got to say though, like in that scene, a lot of dialogue going on. It's, it is a moment in which Tarantino has written that dialogue in there. And it is cool. I'm not denying that. It's very cool. I think it's the coolest moment in that movie. But he is telling you this shit is cool. Mm. It's not as subtle as Hitler getting oh, blown in the oh, head with a Tommy It doesn't gun. need to be subtle. It, cool is not subtle. I cool is cool. in your it face. Is. Cool, the cool, quiet subtle. cool is the coolest That's cool. why I've never been cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I agree. Cool can be subtle, but cool can also be making a humongous statement in a moment with a bullet. Yeah. And not just one yeah, bullet. like that. Like Several he... thousand bullets being shot into the Fuhrer's head. It's a, it's a lifeless a... corpse of the Fuhrer jiggling around, blood spilling out Jules of it. Says, it's a he says, say one again. He but says, you know who again. else would walk up on you cold-blooded and just blow you away while you're pinned under a dead farm animal? 
people like the fucking Fonz. I, I stand by my point. They're both revenge porn, incredibly satisfying, but not so cool. Jules is cool. Jules is cool. It's not the coolest around. moment that he even does that speech in the film. Everyone dies in each of the examples. I, I got to ask. I got to ask you though. In in those mm. examples, Eli Roth killing Hitler. You've got Sam Jackson killing the guy. I forget the character's name. Yeah, Jerry you've, Seinfeld. You've got nah, the, nah, you've nah, got my guy. I, f- I forget the actor, but he's pinned under the horse. Let me ask you this: Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> Does the guy under look? the horse. Yeah, why are you trying to fuck? You see, he's, he's, he's quoting he my looks, movie to make a point. He looks like a bitch in he's, this. He's, he's, he's quoting he made my movie. Adolf he's... Hitler look like a dead bitch. That's cool. <laughs> They're a both quoting of... my movie to make their points. A because it's the coolest. <laughs> you know what? I think Ryan's got you. There you I go. Think Ryan's got the point. Ryan's got the point. Oh, right. anti-Semitism. Yeah. Voice for anti-Semitism. Oh man, I didn't want to give it to Ryan, but. <laughs> You know what? Throw me an 11. An 11? Do we get 11? <laughs> you sure you want 11? <laughs> oh, now you put it that way, you bet your sweet ass I do. <laughs> All right. Best Sam Jackson. Best Sam Jackson. Come on. Is there any contest for him going, Who dat? On that horse. I, I really can't. Like, I don't want to get killed here. I think it's actually Sam Jackson at the end dropping the cane. Because he has this whole build-up of being this crotchety, shaky old, old like slave who's just you know gotten in good with the boss, and he's and he's sort of accepted, and he's plain weak the entire time, and then right at the end drops that cane Yoda style. CJ, do you see how his eyes are darting to you and back to me constantly? Because yeah, yeah. he knows the answer to this question already. He knows that it has to be Jules in in Pulp Fiction. It has to be why? Oh, because it just. He just owns that whole film. I mean, it, it, even though... I mean, people thought he was the main actor in that movie, even though it was like a supporting role. He had less lines of stardom. There's no doubt about that. But but B, he's just he just owns every scene he's in. He's totally, once again, use the word again, totally cool in everything he does. Um, just It's just an amazing performance. I don't even think what I need to say too much. What am I going to say? He narrated yeah. one scene. Oh, this so this is why I'm, I was looking yeah. back at you. This is the only yeah. one I have a competition with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to say? I'm with a voiceover here. Uh, so I, like, I, I can't contend with like two of one of the great actors' great performances. All right, so you're going to help me with this one. Yeah. All right. But please give me a point. You're already beating Luke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh, man, this is so tough to help you guys aside because I think they're literally two of his greatest performances they couldn't be more different yeah. as well yeah that's true yeah and I think like while Pulp Fiction is like mm, probably his coolest most iconic performance I really like what he does in Django Unchained because he has this element of low status but then you start realizing oh man he's the highest status motherfucker yeah. in this movie but he's, 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 played the that, he's played that before though he's played that role before in other films like he played it, it well, although briefly in Kill yeah. Bill but in Django and again I, I love the shit out of Samuel Jackson uh, he's a hero to me met him the other night and I pretty much shit my pants but Having how did he go with that? (laughs) Well, what's a smell, motherfucker? (laughs) It was just me gripping the the arms, rest of the chair, just freaking out. But he did say motherfucker, and I I felt like maybe I'm immortal now that I've heard that in person. In Django, that's sort of the first time that even for him, he's not playing a Sam Jackson type. Oh, I don't necessarily agree with that. 
I think him him being the, the in a Tarantino or, film, you mean, or just generally? Because in in general, because he is he is you do hire Sam Jackson to play Sam Jackson. Mm. No he, two ways about Mace it. Mace Windu, <laughs> bet bet three six five. But but in this, no, he's one, got plenty of range. And the thing is, is that oh, he does. Is, he absolutely and does. And this is the thing. I reckon. I reckon while it was a good role in Django, while it was a good role. Like he basically launched a, a whole archetype in Pulp Fiction, like that that kind of gangster. You didn't, re- you had not really seen them before. It's in true, it. but you he know, doesn't have that insane sort of level of. Yeah, he is. He is a hitman with a heart of gold in that. He's a he's a philosopher hitman. He's, in, he's not, not in, a heart of gold. He's, well, he's, like, he's like Kane from Kung Fu. Yeah, he, he <laughs> does have that. I'm going to rule this one early, um, yeah. and I'm giving the point to Lou. Correct. Because I don't want Ryan to win so quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, it's on but now. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. That was the first time I saw Sam Jackson not play Sam Jackson. And I was like really blown away. I'm not counting Star Wars because I was a piece of shit. Everyone died in that one. Um, question six. Best stolen moment slash shot. Stolen moment? Because he steals from other movies. Sure. But by stealing, it's homaging, so it's not really stealing. Mm. Uh, well, i got to go with the use of David Bowie's song, Cat People, from the remake of Cat People. Uh, <laughs> because he steals it, and that is... He also makes a great moment, because he loves that song, but he hates the way that it was used in the film Cat People. So he takes it from that and shows them how to fucking use it. Good point, good point. Good argument. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, again, i got to correct myself something earlier I said. It wasn't Walton Goggins that did the good, the bad, the ugly line, the you uppity son of a yeah. bitch, you know, cut off by an explosion, uh, originally by a hawk. It was actually, it was actually Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson. Also, the fact that he actually took the theme song from the original Django and put it in his Django, yeah. right there, you double down on a theme song and it still works perfectly. Probably better simply because everyone saw this and... I know about eight people who have seen the original Django, even it's though it's about a, a cowboy with a well. fucking machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that it, like, it's a homage to sort of crime and samurais and shit, but I can't think of anything that was stolen in Pulp Fiction. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but I just can't think of anything. That's why I chose the question. So you're out. And <laughs> <laughs> what are you two? Which one are you leaning towards, Wayne? Um, I don't know. I was too busy trying to think of one. Because the next question is the tiebreaker question, and one of these guys are going to get eliminated. So bum, which bum, one do you want? Well, wanna... David Bowie's in the news recently, so it'd be a shame to go against <laughs> the guy. Ooh. What was yours again? I was too busy trying to think. Check her theme. David Bowie song. That's the ah. And the good, the bad, the ugly line. I you can't choose two. two. All right, I'll take the, th- I'll take the theme music. All right. So okay. Song versus song. I mean, it's awesome that he used the song in the in the film. Is that really stealing if it's a remake? I don't think it is, actually. Yeah, not a remake, it's just a reuse. Yeah, but the the film itself, if you're going to... Like, if, if you're going to... You remake Mission Impossible, for instance, and you use the Mission Impossible music, you're not really stealing it. You're just no. doing Mission Impossible. I think that's just doing Django. I think probably the David Bowie thing. Oh, and mm. I guess Alexi gets to the final round. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Uh, but you lost. Get Considering that Django Unchained put all of the Tarantino movies into the same canon as uh, as Back <laughs> to the Future, you guys are traitors. <laughs> That's what that is. That wasn't right a question, though. So I'm just I'm just putting it there. But you get to I'm help me with this last one. This is the last. Oh, question. I get to help you. Ooh, That's joking. your price. <laughs> 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 yeah, you work on my podcast if you lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you get last a golden question. hand job now. <laughs> Best female character. Pendrop. Mm. 
Bam. All right, I'm going to say I probably would have uh, lost, lost that true. one. Yeah, yeah that's but this true. was in the original question uh, questioning. That's why we went out of order, just in case that one didn't come up. Mm. Okay. The other questions would have been best story and coolest soundtrack. And neither of you picked Death Proof, so you're both really up against the ropes now. Yeah, I mean, best female character in Pulp Fiction has to be uh, Mrs. Mia Wallace. Uh, oh, should have gone for the cab driver. Oh, God. Just kidding. Esmeralda, because she was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what it's like to mm. kill a person. Um, no. Uh, yeah, Mia Wallace is awesome. I mean, mm. she goes, Vince Vega takes her out for dinner, obviously, and uh, she wants to dance. She orders a $5 shake. That's pretty cool. Um, $5 and, shake. And, and, put and, and, no? Yeah, that's right. And he's like not convinced, and then he sips it and he goes, okay. I, un- <laughs> I don't know if it's um, worth $5, but it's pretty and, good. Yeah, and she's into, she's into that, uh, that, that 50s angle for the, for the scene. She goes off, and, and obviously she's a massive sort of um, storyline, and it's her ODing, and then, mm. and then being taken to that thing, and then waking up with a thing sticking out of her chest. It's pretty, uh, she's pretty amazing. Yeah, the best thing she does in that movie is doesn't die, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about Melanie Laurent, a Jew who survives and then takes revenge into her own hands and burns down a cinema full of Nazis. With the help of a black man. With the help of her black lover. That is a complex character, an unsung hero. That who never actually existed. Let's just say No, that, yeah. she's a hero of World War well, II. Well, neither did Mia Wallace. <laughs> yeah. so, like, now, Mia Wallace is yeah, true fact. Yeah. She was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction is a very interesting <laughs> it documentary. Really, it was yeah. originally supposed to be uh, you know, Winnie Houston, but... Yeah, I love the I love the conversation that they have at dinner about um about the guy. What was his name? That that so the 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 gangster guys are all gossiping about this guy who uh, who had a run in with Mr. Wallace, Tony Rocky Horror. Tony Rocky Horror. That's him. And uh, I know and, we call him Fat. Yeah. And brother Samoan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the brother going to do? He's Samoan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a cool scene, actually, the way they sort of do that. Two people who don't quite know each other, and they get into they get into something deep. So you're arguing and, uh, with a scene that she's not in. No, she is in it. She's that scene at the start. Where they're in the diner and they're having the conversation about about Rocky Horror. You know, he, he brings they, it no, up. They, they do that when they're walking through the building on the way to... No, they, that's when they talk about... Keep up. That's when they talk about <laughs> it at the beginning. This is when they're actually in the diner and he asks her oh, about he it. Her, oh, right, he right, asks right. her about did it, what actually happened because, you know, what we heard was Only that... And this is why about. you're not in the final round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, you know, we heard that it was because of a foot massage. And then, and then she basically just breaks it down for him. Doesn't actually confirm or deny anything. Really, just says that whatever what happened didn't give me a foot massage, but what happened between them was between them. And it's quite threatening and quite cool. Yeah. She's she obviously aware of the power that she's got being uh, Wallace's uh, wife and uses it. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Great character. There is a subtlety in Melanie Laurent's bilingual performance in Inglorious Bastards that Uma Thurman could never touch in her life. Uma Thurman can't do subtlety at all. And I think... Come on, dude. My super ex-girlfriend. <laughs> oh. Poison well, Ivy. Fine, yeah, I'll take it know. back. Yeah. Take it back. I think she... Be cool. <laughs> man, if we can do a podcast about Be Cool and I'm apologist oh, for yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm Actually, I am yeah. too, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Melian Laurent is just a better actor than uh, Uma Thurman. But it's not about a character. It's best female character. Best female character. Also, better female character because there's more depth to it. 
There's more intrigue. There's historical history. There's not. There's not much it. depth to it at all. She just. I mean, she's getting. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good character. It is, but there's not that much depth to it. I think you're reaching there. She's just. She's just somebody who was whose family was like as a as a trope as a, oh, just, as, a, as a character just trope. Somebody. Yeah, yeah. As a character trope, somebody who had their family murdered and seek revenge. That's pretty. That's pretty. Paint, Blue, paint by numbers, you know. You know it between those and, two. And she oh, doesn't okay. even and she doesn't even actually get the revenge on Hitler. Somebody else shoots him up before the place <laughs> burns down. Ooh. Yes, but she burnt. That doesn't. That makes her more flawed character. It makes her more interesting because <laughs> she, <laughs> she fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Lou, as, as far just just briefly, as far as the she didn't kill Hitler thing, she would have. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning towards Ryan because when I think characters, I think. Someone you dress as someone for Halloween. I wouldn't. Why say, would you think of that for character? That, that's a character. That what's makes the best character? Because people want to no. be that person. People no, that like, makes yeah. best costume. I, I can say that yeah. the, yeah. the, 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 when when you talk best character, it's a character that has a point of view. It's yeah. a character that she has, gets. She has a point yeah. of view. She, she has, has a, a point good, of view, yeah. but she doesn't do anything. Yeah, she does. She, yeah. Is, she doesn't die. She, for a lot of it. She is just she's character scenery. She's she is there to change the character. She's a catalyst. Whereas no, no, uh, she's, the, Shoshana, she's, she's she a really, gets shit done. She changes the world she's around a, her. She's an amazing uh, character, she's and she does she does heaps of stuff. I mean, and in terms of like the the, the role that she plays is obviously mostly the scene with Vincent Vega where they go out to dinner. She's a she's a an interesting kind of different perspective on the movie. She actually look, she's a character that looks on the movie from another angle because of her. What about looking out of a movie? She I'm talking about it. that <laughs> where she's literally talking at the Nazis, telling them, "I'm going to kill you. I'm going to burn you." She ruined a nice is, cinema. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, was it was a, a nice oh, cinema. Oh, not only not only did, did Hitler get shot, Hitler gets shot first, then he gets blown up. Yeah. And then he gets, she was third in line for that revenge. <laughs> third that in line. That scene where her face, twenty feet tall, coming out, yeah. menacing. Yeah, that no, is no, really subtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking no, about subtle, subtle complex character performance. Right She's right doing more than one thing in that film. Even she ignoring be, performance, yeah. ignoring costume, all like that. She is out of the two. She is the one female character out of those two movies that changes the movie. She's the only protagonist out of these two. She doesn't change anything. That's the no, whole point. She doesn't change anything. Yeah, exactly. No, she gets things done. We're talking about yeah, someone that actually she... has an arc when Mia Wallace is a cokehead, does heroin by accident, and then goes home. That's it. I'm not, I'm not saying in 1992. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying that Mia Wallace has a character arc because she she doesn't really, other than sort of, other than probably learning not to be so foolhardy. But that's really not much of an arc. But she, with the but I'm um, sorry. What's her name again? Shoshana. Shoshana doesn't really have one either. I mean, she just she just does the revenge Survives trope. Survives a Jew hunter, which, goes into hiding, opens the cinema. Just does yeah. just does the revenge trope really, and that's that's all she does in that movie. So and and like it's it's and great, Mia but it's not less. it's not the best character. Mia Wallace is the best character. Very iconic, amazing, amazing. Oh, I don't character. deny iconic. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't deny now, now it's changed. Now does, I don't deny she's iconic, but as far as characters go, she's on the poster. There is more the to say about Shoshana. She's on the poster, and she has that whole backstory about having been in a pilot, and she tells the joke at the end, and yeah. It's, oh, cute. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Family was killed in the Holocaust. That, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good backstory. Well, I'm proud to see how liberal yeah. you are with the yeah. definition of joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, she tells a little, I said a little joke. <laughs> that was funny. And that was the whole point of that scene. It was a bad joke. She's like, I'm not going to tell it now. There's also, she's in a biracial up. relationship in the 19. 19- for these in Berlin. Yeah, well, she's this As one's in a biracial relationship. And um, and the other thing about it is that she's um. Oh man, I just lost my train of thought because your biracial thing. 
<laughs> that always happens because she's barefoot. You freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes. it's, it's difficult in in the in the comparison because what we're talking about is. See, is, I was is, hoping is, he was going to go Jan- for the actress or is, something because that would be easy to eliminate. Django goes. Django is a movie. is a movie that has a story that starts and, and goes through at the yeah. end. Pulp Fiction is back to his class. His, his classic kind of pictures that had multiple stories. She was one of those stories, and she was the story. I mean, she was. It was about her. Being taken out by this gangster and mm. all the fuck up shit that happened because of that. So, so to make a comparison in terms of story arcs and character arcs isn't really possible with Pulp versus Django. Sorry, uh, Inglorious Bastards, because they're two different beasts. Do you want to change the question? But, but, I, think, but the, I think we're just dealing with the case of a trophy wife versus a freedom fighter and... Uh, She's you're gonna have a lot of feminists tweeting you if we if we she, go with Mia Wallace Mia on Wallace this wins. one. Oh, oh shit! Here we go. She's not a she's not a trophy wife. She she has her own agency. And what I was gonna say before when I lost my train of thought is she's quite an original character. I, I know I know like having your whole family killed by Nazis and then getting revenge is an interesting kind of revenge trope. But it's pretty common trope. It's not an it's not an original character. It's, we've seen it a million times before. You haven't seen Mia Wallace. But you haven't she run a cinema. Yeah, you, but you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it like this. Did she run a really nice cinema? Or as I with call it, Schindler's box she had, office. She had, a good, she had a good sound system. <laughs> but if we're talking about... Dolby Digital, motherfucker. <laughs> in terms of Tarantino, he, what he does best is reinvents things. He uses tropes to tell modern stories. And this is a great example of that. Mia Wallace might be his most iconic character or one of his most, most iconic, iconic characters. Character. Iconic just gave it to me. doesn't mean great character. It yeah, just it means one that's survived uh, because of the way that their that's, costume Paul looks Fishing and stuff like that. Pulp Fiction is the like one that, that made his no, it's, career. It's, it's so iconic, it's iconic does mean great character because it means it cut through to so many people. So many people love that character. Not necessarily. Not Indiana necessarily. Jones is an iconic character and he doesn't do a fucking thing that first movie. Who, who's that? <laughs> Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. He doesn't yeah, move the that? story forward whatsoever. And this is my argument. Shoshana moves the story forward several times how many how many times have you seen in a movie like a story that revolves around taking out the boss's wife the gangster most noir movies pretty much every korean gangster movie it's a trope in noir it's the femme fatale that's what you could have used for stolen yeah Yeah. Yeah, right yeah it's the femme fatale you know well then i get a point for that then anyway (laughs) it's a classic It's what? a classic femme fatale character where it's uh, there's risks. That's why they can't pursue the romantic relationship because there's risks of life where the boss will come kill him. Uh, Mia Wallace's character is developed in backstory. Mm. Shoshana's character is developed in the plot. Yeah, but it was still in the forties. That's back. To, that was like, I still. You know, I, just, I, 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 <laughs> I might have. I might have been joking about like the whole thing about she doesn't actually kill him. Like 30s he really. gets he gets killed twice before. But I think that's actually if you're going to go to like characters that move plot forward and have agency, that's actually a really important point with Shoshana. She doesn't. She doesn't have the kind of revenge. It doesn't have the satisfying revenge that other characters in that movie have. She just doesn't. I mean, she she sort of has a go at it, but it's sort of a backstory thing. For and for a movie where she the goes whole out in a blaze of glory. That's I was just about to say that. Yeah, it's yeah. Blaze of glory is yeah. like the definition of satisfying. A futile blaze of glory because yeah. she doesn't actually get to to 
to achieve the things she's trying to achieve. She killed like every other Nazi in that building. Didn't as well. kill the Jew hunter. Mia, Mia that Wallace, was the person she wanted to get Mia revenge Wallace on. Yeah. Goes she on. wanted to get revenge on the Jew hunter, and she didn't get it. He got away. I think this Almost episode. Dies, I have a feeling. Die. I have a feeling this episode is the most time we use the word Jew on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have I a little Jew. I should have dropped the bomb just Ding. to mix it up yeah. a little. <laughs> in terms of a, in terms of a powerful character that actually fulfills her like purpose and promise, she doesn't actually do it in that movie. Fulfills her purpose. I don't think we've said it anywhere near the number of times they did in Glorious Bastards. I think we I think back in the day there was this really horrible habit where you'd have uh, male-centric films where a female would turn up, kind of be useless, actually make things more difficult for the heroes, and then leave, and it would last for about 10 minutes. I think Mia Wallace is a 45-minute version of that character. I don't think she just turns up and makes it difficult. She's she does. She she ruins his night mm. completely. Yeah. Takes him to a place he hates, and then no, does he loves heroin. No, he no. loves that place. No, no, he has to take it to the. Turns out he's he's already place. against yeah. it. Yeah, he's already against Jackrabbit Slims when he gets there. He's literally saying, "What the fuck is this place?" No, he's not. No, he's he not. Really he really is. He walks in and he loves it. He sort of he knows all the waitresses. She says at, right before they go in, "This sort of appeal to you. You're an Elvis boy," and it does. He loves the place. I do not get that vibe at all. Yeah. Anyway, that's. I mean, it's a sort of off point. I mean, I. I think the. I think saying that she's a nobody is is. Uh, she's she's that she's just a nuisance. I think is is just being really dismissive of women. Quite frankly, I think it's being dismissive. <laughs> of, it's mostly being dismissive of heroin use <laughs> for me. But you can also cut Iconic. out the scene of Shoshana. All the scenes are in, and it doesn't affect the movie at all. Yeah. Exactly. She's a driving force of the film. No, yeah. She's not. She's no. she, a driving force. She supplies the emotional context yeah. of who the villain is. And then it's her. We, from the get-go, we want her to win. She's the emotional center of the film. She's barely in it. Like mm. she's barely in it. The the it's the, she it's the bastards. She has, the movie is about the bastards, not her. She no, has not. she has, I think, three times the screen time that the bastards do. No way. She really does. The she bastards does. in it for about half an hour. They're barely in the movie. I think. Uh, you know what? As much as it pains me, Alexi wins. Yay. Yes, yes, he does. I'll give you the golden handshake. Oh, this is a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Numerical value of gold is five pumps. Is uh, something controversial. I wasn't a big fan of Glorious Bastards. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And it won. Fucking hell. But I but think what we I was saying this to Ryan on the way over here. It's like when you're talking about Quentin Tarantino, I was like, oh, Death Proof is my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. But that doesn't mean fucking anything because all his movies are like masterpieces, near masterpieces. I actually think my least favorite is Jackie Brown. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's my favorite. That's mine. Really? After I, Inglourious Bastards, it's my second favorite. I, I love I love Death Proof because I'm a horror nerd as well. Oh, yeah, yeah I love Death Proof. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Ja- it's got let down by um, Rodriguez's one, Planet Terror. In a weird way, I, I, I disagree as well. So you can find Alexi at This Is Alexi on Twitter, and don't forget to check out his podcast, The uh, Blank Slate Podcast. You can also follow Ryan Crawford at Ryan D. Crawford on Twitter, and you can check out Comedy on the Edge podcast. Follow them on Comedy on Edge on Twitter. And also, Luke Cray, thank you very much for coming down. You can follow him at This Shit Cray. Next week's episode is going to be a mystery episode, so stay tuned. Have a listen to that one. Please give us a shout out on uh, Twitter. Please like, please subscribe, and give us a good rating on iTunes. I've been CJ Kaiser. See you next week.